Let's talk about debt, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about debt. Hey guys, welcome to Life After Debt. This is Tiffany and I'm here with the lovely Amber. Hi, and Tiffany. Hello, dear. Um, we are super excited to, to have one of my bestest friends with us today on the show. Which I'm so excited because I've heard so much about you, Brooke. So for me, it's like I'm finally meeting the person that literally Tiffany has raved about and shared so many great stories. And just to be able to share your story with every one of our listeners I think it's just going to be such a blessing. So thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. I wish I wasn't on video. I wish I was sitting in between y'all right now and well, shopping all your cute clothes too. Well, that would be fun, <laughs> but I actually wish I was where you are. I love Nashville and that's where you're it's from, right? Fun. Born and raised. I'm one of the unicorns that didn't move here. Aww. I literally bought a street down the house, down the road from the house I grew up in. So I'm, I'm doing the dang thing. Same neighborhood, same school everything. <laughs> That's so cool. It's amazing. I know it's some fun. of my dearest friends live in Nashville, so it's such a great place. Great people, great food, great entertainment. Yeah. We need to do a trip Absolutely. There and Brooke, she knows how to do it upright. So like we go to Broadway, she knows all the best restaurants. Uh, she definitely knows how to do Nashville the right way. That's cool. So I'd love to ask some questions just so we can share a little bit about your story with the audience. How did you yeah. and Tiffany meet? We actually were both in the same direct sales company. And I don't know if y'all know about Tiffany. She's kind of a big deal. And so, <laughs> you know, with these things, when you're kind of somebody that's newer, up and coming, the people that are the big deals there, it's a big deal to be around them. Mm -hmm. And so it's so weird, but you get nervous meeting them for the first time. And that's not who I am at all. I don't get nervous. Like in Nashville, you see celebrities every hour and you're like, cool, what's up? Hey, Keith Urban. Like, it's not a big deal. And so the celebrity status, I feel like direct sales kind of like pumps out. I met her and y'all, she was pregnant and the most glowing, adorable <laughs> pregnant person you've ever seen in your life. And I am just, I guess I'm super awkward. And I just like run up. And I'm like, you're so beautiful. Your belly. Oh my gosh, you're rocking pregnancy. And I'm like, oh God, Brooke, you're killing it. Oh gosh, this is bad. This is bad. Undo it. And then from that moment forward, I like got the invite to sit at their table that night and then I think because she said I was cute. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So glowing. And again, we I feel like we became best friends like that trip. Like it was just all of a sudden, like the Lord was like, OK, y'all are going to be magnets. I've placed y'all together, even though, Brooke, you were super awkward and did not play it cool in this moment. I'm going to just, you know, go ahead and let y'all still be really good friends. <laughs> I love that. I know that was my experience when I met Tiffany also. And I think both she and her husband, Mike. You know, Ryan and I are very guarded. And when we met them, it was literally like we had known them our whole lives. So I know the feeling yeah. you're saying. And I also do believe that God has a funny way of like allowing that to take place. Um, and you have this instant bond. I mean, I mm -hmm. felt like we're sisters and yep. we haven't even known each other that long. So I, I yeah. totally get it. That's so cool. What a gift too, because I know in what they did with the, you know, network marketing, um, they were a huge success. So it had to feel good too to come alongside. And I know you've been a huge success in that business. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your work ethic. I know you have this princess work ethic mentality <laughs> and I am dying to hear that because I just love the name. Yeah. Okay. So growing up, um, I, I don't like to say spoiled. Okay. But I do like to say I did not pay my own 
bill or anything, didn't even know how to do that till I was married. And I remember the first time my husband was like, okay, this bill is going to be $120. Let me go ahead and have your Cracker Barrel money you made. I was like, wait, what? No, I'm saving this for a pair of shoes. No, no, no. I don't think you understand. So the princess work ethic comes from, I was maybe a tad bit spoiled, but I was grateful. Um, but my parents, I only worked to pay for things I wanted. Like I, they, they did not really instill working to pay for like necessary bills, which is something I'm going to correct. We, we change these things. My kids are going to know this. Um, so coming in and being married again, that was just a huge change for me that the money that I worked hard for, which I did always work really hard. I was my only friend at like 16 through 18 that did not lay out by the pool all summer. I wanted to work. I knew how much fun that was to not have to ask my mom for money to do things. Um, so it, it was definitely a shift once I did get married and I, I was looking at what bills we owed, um, and then saying, okay, so now this money, I have to know that when I'm working, it's not going to go to the shoes. It's going to go to bills. And that's not as fun. Right. It's really not. So what do you do? You need to make more. That's right. <laughs> so kind of from a young age, I knew I wanted to be my own boss. I've wanted to be a hairstylist since I was in kindergarten. Like I have the cute kindergarten drawings to prove it. Wow. And so my dad like, you're going to college period. So you can go to hair school afterwards. And so I'm like, well, what do I go to college for if I know I want to do hair? Okay. I like music. Let's do that. I've always sang because <laughs> I'm from Nashville. What a stereotype. Um, and so I went to UT, go Vols, And I was like, I'll just study opera. That's really the only music thing that they offer. Oh, so let me tell you all of the foreign languages you have to study when you want to major in opera. Oh, shoot. That's so interesting. Like, <laughs> and so I was like, maybe this isn't the right path for me. So they had an entrepreneurship major. So I switched courses pretty quickly. And so again, I, as soon as I graduated college, I went straight to hair school. I knew I wanted to do that. And so we were, had just gotten married about three months after I graduated. Wow. And so my husband was so incredible to say, okay, we're getting married. I knew we, he had student loans. That was kind of the only debt we were going into the marriage with. Um, and I, I went straight to hair school and we added another student debt to it. Yeah. And so I was able to get through that in about 10 months, was living the best life, um, you know, working, doing hair. It's everything I ever wanted. And guys, I don't know if you'll know this, but you can get pregnant on birth control. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're having fun being a newlywed. Hey. So nine months into marriage, you know, a month after I graduated hair school, um, yeah, I was pregnant. <laughs> so wow. that was not that is like fast. Of the plan. It was fast, girl. It was fast. Um, so that was not part of the plan. So quickly, we kind of had to shift all of our dreams of like moving to New York and living like hobos in a you know, little, you know, 400 square foot <laughs> apartment and him, you know, tearing down Wall Street while I'm, you know, doing hair. We had to kind of shift. And so I was like, you know, we can do this. We can make this. And I got put on bed rest at six months. So mm -hmm. being a hairstylist and being put on bed rest, that's kind of the bad part about being a hairstylist is if you can't stand or use your arms, you're kind of in trouble. <laughs> so he had a job um, that he lost after I got put on bed rest. So when you want to talk about this oh. princess mentality mm -hmm. of always having everything covered, mm -hmm. um, the rug just getting pulled out from under you and learning how to be a grown up real quick, that happened. Um, and so... Well, can it, I, was, I want to talk to that for a moment, though, yeah. because I think you do such a great job of painting a picture of what, what it's really like in marriage and mm -hmm. the unexpected curves that were all mm -hmm. thrown. 
I know we've yeah. all had them, but really yeah. it's like, it's the mentality of, hey, this is where we are. This mm-hmm. is, this is the facts. And now mm-hmm. what are we going to do to get out of it? And I know a little bit of your story, but so when you reach that moment where he lost his job, you're laying in bed because mm-hmm. you're on, you know, um, put there until you have the child. So like that's three months away. Yeah. What was going through your head at that moment? Oh my gosh. It's just, I think that sense of security that the Lord had always kind of, you know, let me have my whole life. I never really knew what it was like to struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a part of my life that was touched that honestly grew my faith so much because I didn't have a safety net. Um, I I didn't have parents anymore, you know, that were like, oh yeah, it's our job to take care of you and bail you out. And that is one thing that they did really well. Yes. You know, they would have not let us be homeless, but it was, I was married. And my dad warned me about getting married at 23, (laughs) how hard it was going to be straight out of college. So I feel like they they did do a good job of saying this is a lesson and a pickle you're going to have to get out of, which I am so grateful for because I don't think it's until we hit kind of that rock bottom and desperation that we truly know what we're capable of. Amen. That is so well said. I could not agree with you more. Yeah. And so, so so Brooke, I'm going to, one sec. So, so you're at that point. And you know that you're getting ready to have bub and you're getting excited, right? Everybody gets excited getting ready to have the baby. So when did you know you guys had hit rock bottom? Like when did that happen? And was it Jake that came to you or you or both? Like how how did you figure that out? And what was rock bottom to you? Because I know everybody's is different. Yeah, I think, you know, Jake did a really good job of trying to shield me from a lot of the stress. And it wasn't until a little bit later, I realized um, that people that were coming and knocking on our doors weren't solicitors. (laughs) They were in (laughs) fact there to collect things. Gotta love that. Yeah. um, Because student loans, they don't mess around. That's right. And thankfully we were renting at the time and we did know our landlord very well. Um, so I'm so grateful for her that she, she worked with us. Um, but student loans that that's scary. And I do realize now that we were in a spot that it was going to be really hard to bail our way out of. Um, and so basically all of the time that you're getting ready to have a baby that's supposed to be fun and joyful and, you know, carefree, we, we didn't really get to have a lot of that because all the daunting moments of being at my baby shower, knowing, oh my gosh, right now, all I'm worrying about, you know, is my insurance is, you know, we were doing some insurance that was crazy for unemployment. Um, It was all of a sudden like, oh my, I'm about to have to start paying for diapers and, you know, formula and all of the things. And and that was, it, it stole a lot of my joy. And that's a time that I remember saying, God, I promise you, I will never take for granted again, not thinking about my well-being and paying for things 24 seven, because you become so selfish mm-hmm. when all you can think about is how you're paying your bills. It is the worst way to live Yeah, it is. because it is. all you're thinking about is how you're going to provide for yourself. And the last thing you can think about is how you're going to bless others. And what a terrible and sad way to live. Right. And right. I knew right then and there, this is not for me. <laughs> I don't want to live this kind of life. Right. So, yeah. you, you know, I, I can so relate with that story because I can remember I was pregnant with, I think our fifth. And we were building a company at the time. We had no insurance. And you're right. It's like government insurance. You're like, I was in the WIC line with the kids. I'm like, what is going on right now? I mean, talk about the lowest of lows. 
But it is. It's in that moment that you're like, I know I'm made for more. I, I know I am. I'm going to get out of this hole. And not only am I going to get out, I want to help as many people as I can not have to walk this road. And it right. sounds like you did just that. So what was that moment where you realized, I'm done? Like, I'm changing the situation here. Yeah. So, you know, my child was supposed to be born in May. I begged my OB because I knew that our new insurance was going to kick in May 1st. I'm like, I got to have this baby April 30th. I got to. So like, I even changed my child's birthday in order to have this kid wow. because of money, because of insurance. Wow. It's, but Am- it's, it's just nuts. Amber, and this, so, is, this is what we yeah. talk about over and over again is the stuff that we will do mm-hmm. in order when we get, when we're drowning the things that we have to do in order to keep going. Um, it's incredible, Brooke. It's like a survival it mode. Is. And yeah. I know that you not only walk through it, but on the flip side of it, you've been a huge success. And yeah. not just in business, but also entrepreneurship. Because yeah. while you were a huge success at the um, one position where you met Tiffany, yep. you also have built your own thing. And I cannot wait to talk about this yeah. because I love the mission behind it. And so I just want you to tell our audience what it is, um, how you came up with it and why. Yeah. So holding that baby, y'all ask me, what was a changing point? When you hold that child, you all of a sudden realize it's not just about us anymore. We got to get going. God has entrusted me with this life and it's go time. Um, So quickly, as I was doing hair, somebody told me about one of the products with this direct sales company. I had never heard of direct sales. I mean, I knew about like pink Cadillacs and stuff that you could earn, but it just was such a foreign concept yeah. to me. Um, you know, it was such a foreign concept. And so doing hair, I actually ended up having a client that got me into that world. And it was something that quickly went from, okay, I know that I don't have enough money to buy diapers. If I can just sell one of these products, I can buy a pack of diapers. Wow. And it automatically went from every single product sold counted as diapers. It counted as a can of formula. It counted as something that made my life tremendously better. Um, and it wasn't even six months in, I had replaced my hair income wow. with this Incredible. direct sales income. And so, yes, we had lots of success with it. We I, you know, it, it absolutely changed our life. Well, and I'm sure uh, it showed you what you were capable of. Yes, it showed us what we're capable of. The leadership skills it taught me, the entrepreneur skills it taught mm-hmm. me, and just how to be a good steward of your money. The the company we were with, their whole mission was you have to live more so you can give more. You okay. you have to work harder, and it it just changed our whole outlook on life. On that we, we want to give, we want to change people's lives. And so we always knew that we wanted to adopt. My husband has a sister who's adopted from South Korea. I didn't really know what that would look like. Um, if it would be domestic international and we were actually sitting at our company's function. And I remember we, they were talking about being made for more and we both looked at each other and it was like the Lord had prompted us at the same time. And we said, we're going to adopt. We're going to do it when we get home. We're starting the process. And so Lyndon was probably about like two or three at that time. And um, we, we were like, this is perfect timing to do this. Let's just go for it. And so we put in our papers when we got home, we went through the process very quickly and we got the call that um, we were active. And the very next day, our social worker called and said, I have a 16-year-old birth mom. Um, I'm going to meet with her and show her a few books. I don't want you to get your hopes up. But, you know, it's it's a little girl that's due in May. And this was March. It was on St. Patrick's Day. That is she fast. Called us. 
Yes. So this was the day after we went active. So if Jake and I would have not listened to the Lord prompt us at that day, we would have missed her. Oh my we would have completely missed her because not, it was the day after we went active. Not just that, but Louie, Louie Monroe is, I love that name. she is quintessential mix. Like God winked so hard on the yeah. situation. Um, she looks just like them. Oh, I mean, I, she's a doll baby. She, yeah. and she's precious. And she was totally meant for you guys. God, God what? had meant that situation just for you and Jake and Bub. And when you yeah. think about that, mm-hmm. none of that would have come to pass had you not struggled, had you not right. sought out another way to make additional revenue, had you not been sitting in the room when you felt prompted to go right. that route in adoption. Like, isn't that crazy to think about? Absolutely. That and- what we look at as such a bad, terrible thing, God knows mm-hmm. like 15 steps forward how that yes. bad situation is going to be used for his good. Yes. yes. And I'm telling you, adoption, if you if you aren't aware, there's not payment plans. You can do fundraising. We ended up spending almost $100,000 on our adoption and we didn't fundraise one penny. We were able to do the whole thing because of us stepping out in obedience with our direct sales company and having those funds and being smart with our money. That's That's one piece of the puzzle we didn't have to stress about because we did end up having a pretty hard finalization with our adoption. We got it easy on the front end, um, but we had a pretty bad legal battle and that grew my faith. You know, And I remember, I, I think through my life, and all of these moments with the Lord where it's if only moments. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. if only you will do this, mm-hmm. I will do this. If only you will do this. And laying on bed rest saying, God, if only you will provide our bills, I will do this. But laying on the floor on your face crying saying, yeah. Lord, if only you will let us keep Louie and she can be our daughter, mm-hmm. I will do this. That's a whole nother yeah. moment wow. when you think you're going to lose your child. Um, and so... You know, after that, my life was never the same. Um, yes, I know what it was like to not have money, but God, who cares about that when right. you're fighting for your child, right. to, you know, to keep her. And so I knew that I couldn't go back to any kind of traditional um, anything, really. I, I I couldn't go back to doing hair. I couldn't go back to really just only cost you on direct sales. I knew I was put on this earth to help people with adoption, to answer questions, to, um, you know, kind of just push people towards that, you know, in the hard, the good, bad, and ugly. And so I was like, you know what? I love clothes. I love marketing and branding. I'm going to start a clothing company and it's going to help people adopt, period. I love it. (laughs) So (laughs) Tiff and Mike actually introduced me to somebody in Nashville um, that did clothes. And I sat down with him and he was like, well, before we start all this, you really need to start like a podcast or a blog. And I was like, ooh, (laughs) I hate writing. I don't think anybody wants, I mean, I know y'all have me as a guest, but I'm like, (laughs) and so we got introduced actually from Tiv and Mike to this guy in Nashville that does clothes and branding. And he said, listen, first things first, you've got to start like a whole brand with this. So you need to start a blog. You need to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. And right away I was like, that's, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to make cute clothes and make a lot of money for adoption. Right. And so I was talking to my friend Courtney about it and she was like, Hey, actually our friend Maddie, she was a mutual friend we had. She actually just graduated college, has a writing degree, and she would probably really want to help you with your blog. And so I was like, well, set up coffee. So I sat down with her and she was like, I would actually really love to do this. She's a sommelier. Like she's so cool. She's so much cooler than I am. Um, And she was like, (laughs) I would love to write a blog. And hey, are you looking for a partner for this? Wow. Why not? Um, And so we really went to scripture because we wanted this to be faith-based. Mm-hmm. And 
every time it mentions the orphan, it mentions the widow. They go hand in hand. That's right. So we truly felt like we were supposed to add widows to the mission, but we were two 30 year olds. Like, what do we know about widows? And so we were actually talking to her husband and, you know, it talks about the oppressed too. And who Mm -hmm. are the oppressed? You know, who really are that? Yes. It's maybe people that struggle with finances, but he was an attorney um, that worked closely with the drug and trafficking courts. And so he had such a heart for women that were being trafficked. And so we actually decided to add that as our third mission. So it's going to be orphans, widows, and trafficked women. So we hit the ground running with, you know, our three missions, which were going to be orphans, widows, and trafficked women. And it was so great having been there to help us since that's what he did every day. He worked with trafficked women. Um, And so we were getting the company built. And a month before we launched, Ben and Maddie were on vacation and he actually fell and slipped and hit his head and passed away. And so, oh, that's awful. mm -hmm, I remember praying for him. Yeah. And so we all of a sudden saw ourselves. I was a, you know, the mom who knew everything about adoption. And we thought that this widowhood was just going to be this obtuse thing that, you know, was going to be so foreign to us. And Maddie was a 30 year old widow. They'd only been married, Mm -hmm. you know, a few months, not even that long. Um, and then we realized that Ben, that was, that was what his legacy he was going to leave, um, to make us fall in love with this mission to help these women that were being trafficked. Wow. And so we, we, we quickly realized that this whole company was completely God breathed and inspired by the Lord. Um, so it was named Nashville. I love that name by the way. Nashville. And so we're both born and raised there. And so it, it became so much more than a clothing company to us. Mm -hmm. We knew we wanted to have events. We knew we wanted to bring people in and we wanted to teach all these young girls who thought that adoption and, you know, widowhood and trafficking women was so foreign. We wanted them to know, no, these are things that you can actually help with. These are things that, you know, you can, you could be inspired to do yourself. Um, you, you could adopt one day, or you never know if you could be a widow or you never know if you could be in a position where you're trafficked yourself, or you could help somebody that's trafficked. And so, you know, it, it became just our, our life's mission. Um, and so being an entrepreneur truly from the ground up, you know, direct sales, they've already got all the products and the company kind of like built for you. Right. When you are doing it yourself. That's right. I mean, when you're packing and shipping and designing and doing yeah. your own books and oh my gracious, y'all, that is not for the faint of heart. It's a whole nother <laughs> level, but you know, what's so great about it is that you have such a great story mm-hmm. and even your friend partnering up with her and you guys and a month before you launch this, she loses her husband. I mean, the story in and of itself, you tell that to anyone and they'll probably be like, I had chills while you were telling the story because it's so powerful, but it's also a confirmation, right? I always look at things right. that like, that's God's way of saying you're on the right track and you're going to touch yeah. so many. And I can't think of a time in history where something like that is needed this next generation of girls coming up and the widows and just speaking into that the way you guys are is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. It's, it's Thanks. It's, it's really fun. And it, again, I think sometimes with anything that's mission related, it has to be so heavy and just so sad. And you've got to have Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background. <laughs> listen, that yeah. song, I can't even listen to it without seeing no. puppy faces. Yes. So. And so I think we just wanted to kind of shake it up a bit. And we're like, we want this to be fun. Like we want to have like cocktails and great food and like dancing the night away, but talk about things that are going to be incredible and that we can help with. And so we, we definitely just kind of saw this 
way that we could bring awareness, all of these things, but still make it a great night out in Nashville right. and still have all the pink and the girly things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's I love been really it. fun for sure. I, I will, love it. I will say I've been to two of the events. Of course, I've come and support you, whatever you're doing. Um, but she, they put on an incredible, incredible events. Um, and the heart, I think, mm-hmm. is the most important part is the heart that they show for the orphans and the widows. I mean, we had widows at one of the events, Brooke, and that was so incredibly special seeing. And and you think about a widow, a lot of times you think of like an older lady, you know, that's lost a husband due to age, but there were so many there that were young, young girls that had lost their husbands, some with young kids, some with no kids. And I mean, just the way that she and Maddie just hug on them and love on them and let them know that there's more to their story. It's just special. And the same thing with with the orphans. And um, a lot of times Brooke will go online and she'll share her story. And there's people that are like, man, I didn't see it that way. I didn't see, I didn't see it that way. And there are so many babies out there that are looking for moms and dads special that are just like Brooke and Jake that love these kids and want them and want them and they're wanted and they're needed. And I I love that she, the perspective that you guys put on that along with sex trafficking as well. No, it's great. And I think just what a beautiful person inside and out. I mean, I I feel like I know you very well now just hearing your story, but (laughs) It's really remarkable. You've done a great thing. And congratulations to you for getting through hard times, but for also taking what was such a struggle for you all with having kids and turning it into blessing someone else. I mean, you said it at the very beginning, you were like, I just felt like all we could do is focus on us to pay the bills. And it was, it's so much more like, it's, it's such a better thing to give than receive. And like, here you are today sharing of what you, how you're taking your struggle and giving it away to so many. So awesome job. What's the best way people can find you if they're searching online? Is there, you know, I'd love for you to share so they too can get behind your mission and support what you guys are doing. Yeah. So it's nashville.com. So it's N-A-S-H-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. And that's how most people spell Nashville by accident anyways. (laughs) You should add an E. Um, So we just have she in the middle of it, you know, and um, so we actually, you know, just a side note, we, Nashville is an LLC because we knew that we wanted it to be a business. Um, and we wanted to really be able to like grow that and actually do that. And we've actually started a nonprofit as well, kind of section of it. And that's called she's in the city. And so I know she's a great marketer too. You are a great marketer. It can like expand to different cities. So we do have like a Louisiana, a Seattle, an NYC, you know, so we can keep expanding. So the She's in the City is the nonprofit side of it. That is so good. I'm going to be like thinking about that all day. I love when people <laughs> do play on words. So that's my favorite. Amber, we're going to yeah. send her a bunch of cities I with know. She in it. Brooke, get ready. So my, how, what would we do for Bradenton or Sarasota? Like, uh, she a soda? She a soda. She a soda, probably. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't hurt having Tiff and Mike as two of your best friends, too. They are the most brilliant marketers yes. in the world. So, like, he, Stop when it. we were building this and brainstorming it, like, I, we'd be on the phone all hours of the night talking about it. So, they are a huge piece of that. Too. They're huge. And I know wow. that they've spoken even into some of my businesses, too. Their marketing mm-hmm. expertise are, oh, like, beyond 10. Yes. Great. Yep. Listen, awesome. you guys are incredible. But I want to say, most importantly, that... I find really good friends. 
I find really super good friends. And I, I found that in you. I found that in you. I do have a knack for that. And good, loyal friends and people and, and people that are going places. So I think if you're ever looking for a friend, look for somebody that is super kind, super loving, super fun. You have to be fun. Um, that could go out with you for the night and have a great time. And then obviously super loyal and going somewhere. And I can tell you, Brooke, mm-hmm. Tiffany is a big fan of yours. I yes, mean, she's ma'am. cheering you on all the time. And one thing I admire about her is the way she gets behind her friends and not only supports, but actually shares their story with so many. So she's doing a great job. I call mm-hmm. her a sneezer because when she gets beyond something, <laughs> it's like when someone sneezes and it goes everywhere, she's telling everybody about oh, you, shoot. which yeah. she's a true friend for sure. She really is. She's the best. And I don't know what I would do without her from stubbing my toe to when I was like, Tiffany, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I mean, it's, I call her for everything and she's the best. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for being so vulnerable with your story. I can't wait to meet you in person sometime when you come visit. Oh, I can't wait. I'm coming to the sunshine. I promise. All right. We'll see you soon. (laughs) Thanks, Brooke. Thank you for listening to the Life After Debt podcast. If you have any questions or you're still wondering, how can she help me? Reach out to us on our website, reducemydebts.com and fill out our 15-minute clarity call request. We'd love to hear about your situation and help you and meet you where you are. So don't hesitate. Reach out because truly there is life after debt.